Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corbin Hiller. And welcome to the show today. Uh, we're going to do a mid-season update on NFL bold predictions. Uh, just in a moment, The uh, in the meantime, baseball season... Uh, over as we discussed, free agent period has opened up. Um, oh, we're recording this by the way, uh, November 9th, 7 30 p.m. Uh, Jay Godarizzi got traded today. We're not going to talk about it yet, anyway, just because this, this isn't a baseball show or right now, this is a football episode. But just real quick, because the Edwin Diaz one is kind of interesting. Um, five years, 102 million dollars. That's an AAV of 20.4 million bucks. Um, there is a player option in 2026 and a club option in 2028, uh, which I guess could make this a six-year deal. So the club option is for $20 million. So it'll be just under by 400 grand is AAV, which really is just like not much money. $26.5 million of it is apparently deferred, which is hilarious because that might mean that we have a Bobby Bonilla situation part two with the Mets, which let's keep it going. Um, this makes him the highest paid relief pitcher of all time. Someone who said that he definitely wanted to test out for agency and then ultimately signed just back with his original team, seemingly before anyone else was ever really able to, I would assume, make an offer. Uh, what do you think about this for Edwin Diaz, who may very well collect some Cy Young votes this year? I think if we didn't just have an actual discussion uh, roughly on this topic about uh, Araldness Chapman, I would have been much, much more open to it. But because that is fresh in my mind, it feels like maybe they shouldn't have. Maybe they, uh, maybe they shouldn't spend that kind of money on a single relief pitcher, uh, especially since you're the Mets. But I feel like Edwin Diaz is still a relatively young guy. Like he's probably what twenty seven. Uh, Edwin Diaz just finished his age twenty eight season, so he's uh, heading into his age twenty nine year. All right, that's right on the cusp of worried about a guy six Yo, years. Yeah, sorry, out. just real quick. I was about to say, yeah, Edwin Diaz kind of old for baseball, and then I realized him and I were born in the same year, and now I'm really sad because I just called that's... myself old. Fucking hilarious. Damn right. He is six months older than me, so I guess I can hang my hat on that, but that felt bad to see. Didn't like it. Ooh, I uh I now want to go into pro baseball reference and search my birthday. Anyway, sorry, you were saying Edwin Diaz kind relatively young. relatively young, but at the same time, five years out, I don't know what to expect. Yeah, that's kind of the the challenge with this. If the Mets had a Mariners-like season, uh, I think I would be, I don't want to say more okay with it, like they need my fucking permission, but I think it would make a little bit more sense. Maybe you'd say like, all right, well, the club is turning itself around. They have a lot of young players that they're not paying very much money. The payroll is low. So we have the roster flexibility the financial flexibility to kind of lock a guy in and we can signal to the guys like we're going for it now that's not the position the Mets are in the Mets are already I mean with this signing just 
now with 32 players locked in for this upcoming season uh, at the highest payroll in baseball of $160 million. Number two is the Braves who have 37 dudes locked up um, like five additional players and they have less money committed so far to next year. And while I think Edwin Diaz is, you know, he was a huge part of that team last year. I also am feeling very burned out from the Aroldis Chapman issue that the Yankees had. And I think that that's very easily, very quickly going to become a similar issue for the Mets. And yeah, we can sit here and say that Steve Cohen is the most wealthy owner in all of baseball. And sure, I I got you. I totally understand. I'm willing to bet that he is going to feel a lot of the same resentments about how luxury tax money and competitive balance tax money gets spent or spread out across the league, which is really the main quote unquote issue that owners point to for their reasons for not wanting to go over that, that threshold. And regardless, again, it's a, I don't know. Maybe I've soured on like keystone centerpiece relief pitchers because we've seen so many dudes just kind of like pop up and be like, yeah, I can be your guy this year. Like Clay Holmes killed it for the Yankees this year. And I'm not even going to try to tell you that Clay Holmes is the Yankees closer for the next five years. My point is like, it almost feels like every two or three years, someone's going to pop out of your bullpen who has either just figured it out and like locked it in or um, and just kind of like hit the scene, like got called off from AAA and just started nailing it right off the, 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 the rip that can help be a guy for you. And especially with better bullpen management, better bullpen preparation for the three to six batters you're likely to face in a given outing just seems to reduce the importance of that kind of role. Not to say this is where I'm arguing myself, not to say that you don't want a premier dude in your bullpen. You're going to have to spend money to be good. I don't want to dissuade that. I am just tentative about seeing it, ah, seeing it in in this spot, seeing this degree of money. (laughs) in this spot. I mean, players get paid. It's, this isn't how know, I would do it. it. It's the Mets. Steve Cohen has a lot of money. He's going to spend a lot of money. Um, As well, he should. Yeah, it's uh, it's something they're going to do, and they're going to spend it on premier players for the next couple of years. It's just going to be really interesting because in my view... If this is the position you're going to take, which is a viable one, not a single arbitration hearing should go to an arbiter. Whatever yes. the players come in asking for, you should go, okay. Like, yes. no, no Mets player should go to arbitration over $250,000 or $500,000 or any stupid shit. Those yeah. ones where you're like, oh my God, guys, who fucking cares? Not a <laughs> single Mets player should be going to arbitration. It really should be like if you're within a certain percentage, just that's it. He's immediately sides with player. I actually, I actually really like that as a rule because it would force teams to make more hard-lined arguments for why someone deserves to be significantly more underpaid than they want to be, which would put a lot more burden on them making good faith arguments. I actually mm. think Corwin, I think that's a really good idea. You know, even a broke clock is right twice a day. And let me tell you, folks, this clock is broke. It busted. is destitute. Completely It busted. is poor. The heat is not on, and he is freezing. Look at that sweater. <laughs> Thanks. 
It is. Uh, actually, it's not on. And neither is mine. Fuck that shit. I'm going to turn the heat oh, yeah. on until it gets below 40. Get out of here. So while we were while you were discussing that, I went down a tangent because we mentioned uh, sharing a birthday with a player. I do not share any exact players uh, in the MLB uh, board on the same day, but I'm exactly one year older than Andre Simenez. And I do share a birthday with Mike Piazza. You're older than Andre Simenez? Yes. Oh my God, that means I'm two years older than Andre, or three years older than Andre Jimenez. That's so yeah. fucking sad. I don't want to know any of this. And on the same subject, I looked up on Pro Football Reference if I shared a birthday with anyone, you know, of note. And I found that the Raiders' first round pick two years ago, who is now in prison for armed robbery, shares a birthday with me. DeAndre Baker, shout out to you. I'm sure he's listening in his cell. Uh, yeah, the best player I share a birthday with is Terrence Newman. I don't know who that guy is. That is a okay, buddy. Um, ah, damn it, you've got me. I sent, I sent you, now. I sent you the link. It's in the, it's in the chat. I'm, I'm doing it right now. Hell yeah. Um. Anyway, I guess I don't. Do you have any more creative thoughts on uh, um, I do Edwin not. Diaz? I, I I don't want to like burn ourselves out. I'm annoyed. I mean, I'm annoyed by the trumpets. I will say that I I do not want five to six more years of trumpets. Oh, that'll also be interesting if that shit ever goes away. Um, I would it think has to right. I would think not. No, it ha- it has to eventually, right? Like. There's no way that doesn't become kitschy and old eventually. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, any other thoughts? Again, I want to save more of this until nope. more more stuff happens, so we can just get into our our NFL discussion. Yeah, no exact batter matches for me. No exact. Nope. No exact players. I'm I'm a special little snowflake. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. So to that effect, let's talk. Uh, Let's talk NFL bold prediction stuff. Corwin, uh, do you want to start on the awards front or do you want to start on the predictions? Uh, let's do awards because it's a little more streamlined. So you want to start on your you? I mean, awards. which one did you want to go first on? Do uh, you want to go first on awards or first on predictions? I'll go first on predictions. So you start awards. Okay, that that made sense. It just took me a second to. Yeah. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. Um, I really, really wish I had picked Garrett Wilson now because this mm-hmm. I've been picking Jets every year in some version of these categories. And this was the first year I decided not to pick anybody from the team. And now I'm actually kind of disappointed because the team's actually good. Uh, but anyway, I picked Jahan Dotson. Yeah, uh, who's who it just is not. Not going to win this award. He has 152 yards on the year receiving. Um, He's only played four games, too. So, uh, yeah, he's not winning that award. Gordon, you talking? Uh, I was looking at specific odds, and I was confused by what I was looking at. Because it was not up to date. All right. I had 
for Offensive Rookie of the Year, Drake London, who currently has the sixth, seventh highest Offensive Rookie of the Year numbers, which kind of stinks. Um, but hey, it's better than uh, what you got. It was Brees Hall that was shown on the other page, which is why I was confused because I don't believe he can win it at this point. Does Pro Football Reference have a um, rookies filter we could use? Do you know that? Uh, I don't. I don't actually know that. It might. Jump back in. All right, Corin and I found a resource that will let us filter just by rookies. So if we're going just yards, rushing or receiving, I guess we could do all purpose, but it would require a different search that we're just not going to do right now. Then Travis ATN would have the most yards. He currently has 680. The follow-up to him would be uh, Damian Pierce of Houston, who currently has uh, 678. In one fewer game, though, so he actually, uh, by the rates, is better. Um Although Travis Etienne won more touchdown than Damon Pierce rushing. Oh, but Damon Pierce, Damian Pierce does have a receiving touchdown. So both of them have four touchdowns. Uh, Christopher Olave has the most receiving touchdown or receiving yards, uh, 618, two receiving touchdowns, followed by Garrett Wilson of the Jets um, at 521. And then it's a no one else in the 400s. Everyone else is, is a little bit lower. So I, I guess if we had to pick a midseason favorite here, Probably going to be Travis Etienne, would be my guess. I genuinely don't know if he's eligible for this award because he's technically not a rookie, but he, he didn't play last year. He was drafted in 2021, was out with an injury all of last season, did yeah, but not play. Me, that's that's what makes a rookie because because in every I other sport I follow, you, but I don't know you, if the you, award would follow that. Well, what I'm trying to say is. Every award for other sports is not based on when you got drafted. It's based on playing time. And you lose your eligibility, your rookie eligibility, given a certain number of games or for the NFL, it might be like snaps or something like that. Um, I would expect it to work the same. I would agree with you. Much the same My way. Only Bo, Bo Jackson. Otherwise... Bo Jackson got drafted by the Bucks, but he didn't play for the Bucks. Then he got redrafted by the the Raiders, and then played for the Raiders. He, he must have been captain. He didn't rookie. sign with the Bucks. He still got drafted is, though. But like Etienne was still in the organization, and I I know you're thinking of baseball, and that makes complete sense. And even well, outside of same. baseball, yeah, right. But you play in the minors before coming up, and truthfully, the only thing that is making me agree with the fact that he wouldn't be eligible 100% is because none of the Vegas odds show him even on the board. Maybe Vegas is just a bunch of fucking idiots. Maybe Vegas. Okay, so then let's say let's say Travis Etienne should he be eligible but if not Travis Etienne then probably Damian Pierce. I would agree with that. Yes. Okay. I've so seen. Like... I think if you had betting odds, Chris Olave would be the favorite. Um, but I think if we remove Travis Etienne from the equation, who I would agree with Josh, he would win it in my book if he was quote unquote eligible. I think Damian Pierce or Kenneth Walker walk home with it. All right. Then let's take this into defensive rookie of the year. Um, for this category, I had a pick. I'm still feeling pretty good about uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. You shouldn't because my pick, Sauce Gardner-Johnson, 
Sauce oh, Gardner race. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, that's a, Sauce. Yeah, yeah, Sauce Gardner is running away with it. I think he's fighting with Tariq Woolen from the Seahawks. I also Chauncey Gardner Johnson was who I was. I also low key forgot that um, the NFL did not split these awards up into the conferences like baseball does. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, of course I feel good about this pick. There's no one else in the NFC. That's not how this award works. It's <laughs> it's across NFL. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kevin Durant went shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sauce Gardner has been incredible this year to start this season. I mean, uh, yeah, I think between him and Tariq Woolen, I don't know of anyone else that's jumping off the page for uh, for somebody that I would lend it to. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure either. His uh, for Kayvon Thibodeau, he has three pass defenses, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, uh, one sack, uh, 14 combined tackles, 10 solo, uh, four assists, three QB hits, um, which for his position is totally fine. But Sauce Gardner has 13 passes defended. Again, this is corner. Play, so it's different, which is the most in the NFL, those 13. Uh, he has two interceptions on the year, which is not a lot, but be, it's because he just, I mean, man, he has not been getting the targets because that man is fucking deadly. Uh, in addition to that, he has 44 tackles, 30 solo tackles, 14 assisted tackles, three tackles for loss, and a QB hit, which I do not know where he got that from, <laughs> but that's amazing. Um, he has allowed a 52% completion percent in coverage. Uh, and I thought there was quarterback rate. Oh yeah. Quarterback rating of 54.9, um, altogether. He's been targeted, uh, 51 times, 27 completions for 226 yards. Wow. Can I, can I just add how amazing it is that the jets had a true candidate for offensive and defensive rookie of the year. And after losing one of them to a torn ACL, they still have a second guy that could find himself in the running. That's incredible. Yeah. And and the fact that, bless you, the fact that Sauce Gardner... How did you hear that? Raised, I muted my mic. I was staring right at you. Uh, <laughs> oh, I have a camera, camera on my face. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I am the NSA. Yes. Um, Sauce Gardner is also wildly overshadowing, deservedly. So the fact that DJ Reed has also been great for the Jets on defense. Yes. So it's not even that like the Jets have one quarterback where uh, pass coverage can just kind of be ignored and you know you can just like not throw it in that direction. You kind of have to because DJ Reed's also playing really good corner. He's played I I don't want to misquote this, but if I don't find it, um I think he's played 115 pure man coverage snaps this season and has allowed like four catches for 28 yards. That's insane numbers. Eh, that's amazing. Um, Best pass defense in the league, by the way, the Broncos have only allowed 1,326 passing yards all season. Four touchdowns, six interceptions. How about the Eagles? Four catches, 28 yards. How about the Eagles with 10 touchdowns allowed on passing, but 12 interceptions on the year already? Ooh. That's insane. That's really cool. That is just absolutely insane. Wow. Goddamn. 
Anyway, um, let's keep moving. We're going very slow. Fair. Offensive player of the year, I put down Cooper Cup, and I did not pull up his stats, so I don't remember what they are. Also, wait, I don't. No, wait. This isn't the category. I think I left this in. This is not a category, right? What? No. Offensive what? player of the year. Uh, that is offensive rookie of the year. That's what we kept arguing over whether it yeah, was whether it's rookie of the year or offensive rookie of the year. I think there's yeah. two. I think it used to be one. Now there's two. But offensive player of the year still exists, right? I'm not making this one up. Yes, that exists. Okay, so I picked Cooper Cup, who is having a good year. I mean, he's so he's on pace to. He's on pace to get like 1,600 yards, right? Just about, which would be rock solid. But I don't know if it's enough for him to win the award. I don't know. Who do you have and how are they doing? So Cooper Cup is currently two, four, six, seventh with uh, plus 1,200 odds to take home the award. I had Stefan Diggs, who is fifth with plus 1,100 odds. Uh, ahead of him, first is Jalen Hurts, Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, Kill. and then yeah. Josh Allen. I think if Tyree Kill stays healthy, stays relatively consistent with what he's been putting up, I think it's his to run away with. I mean, Tyree Kill is currently on pace to have just about 2,000 receiving yards. He uh, he's on pace to break the single season record for passing. Yeah, uh, it's and honestly, bananas. I think Patrick Mahomes is as well. Like it's it's a bananas season. Cooper Cup is fourth currently in the NFL for receiving yards, uh, just behind Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, and Stefan Diggs. Which to see Justin Jefferson's name here is hilarious, but um, not because he's bad. Just like you wouldn't expect. I just wouldn't have expected to see him here, but uh, good for that fucking man. I mean, he's on pace to eclipse his season total and receiving yards uh, last year as well. So, yeah. Uh, who who was your pick again? I don't remember now. You're muted. Stefan Diggs. All right. So both of our guys are in the top five. So both are, are possible for at least looking just in a wide receiver scope in this category. Defensive player of the year, Corbin Heller. No, I start. Sorry. Um, I had Miles Garrett, and I'm going to be honest. I have no idea how he's been doing this year. I have not checked in. Um, he is third in odds at plus 1,100. Uh, I think he's second in the NFL in sacks. He's seven and a half sacks. Good... That's pretty uh, fucking nice this far into the year. So I think he's like fifth or sixth in sacks then. I know Matthew Judon is leading with like 11 and a half. Um, and he is fourth with plus 1200 odds. Uh, Matthew uh, Judon does have 11 and a half. Then it's Nick uh, Bosa, Justin Houston, and Zadarius Smith all tied at eight and a half. Micah Parsons at eight. Then Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett in sole possession of sixth with 7.5. Uh, Nick Bosa here is number two at plus 900. My pick, Micah Parsons is minus 225 to win Defensive Player of the Year. Minus 225, next closest is plus 900. You'll love to see it. I guess so. Um, All right, well, that brings us then to MVP, which my pick of the 
just straight chalk Patrick Mahomes looks pretty fucking fantastic. Uh, he has 2,605 passing yards already. I, I mean, fuck, that is so much. Yeah. Um, he has that leads the NFL. His 21 passing touchdowns also leads the NFL. Obviously, his 325.6 passing yards per game is going to also lead the NFL. Um, he's taken 16 sacks, which is on pace for it to be his season high. Um, his previous season high was last year at 28, so not great. Um, but again, I mean, he's playing totally fine ball. I'm really just mean for like his health. Not not great. He's been playing fantastic. His interceptions is um on pace to be what it was last year, which was a was a career high for him. But with how much other production this team is getting, oh man, it is tough to give a shit. Uh yeah, he is in first place with plus two hundred odds. Uh, my pick, Josh Allen, is second with plus 225, coming off a relatively bad game. Uh, Jalen Hurts is third at plus 250. Lamar Jackson at plus 900. Joe Burrow and Tua at plus 2,000. And then Geno Smith at plus 2,500. Geno Smith is having a, such a fucking crazy year. Good for him. I um, genuinely just want to bring him up and talk about him as often as possible we have to do an entire episode devoted to him please like please. maybe the sunday episode i mean he, he this season is unreal for him but I here's a here's a, a a a thought question for you don't like thought okay go who would win mvp in these two uh if, if hmm. both of these things happen okay okay um patrick mahomes if he breaks the all-time single season yards record and you know, like throws fifty fucking touchdowns again, and the 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 Chiefs go you know like fourteen and three or some goofy shit like that. they're they're uh, six and two right now. So you know, just don't I don't know, no more than five losses. Some crazy shit. they they go to the playoffs, they win their division, blah 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 blah. The wins and sure. losses doesn't matter. Jalen Hurts has continues having the great season he's having, and the Eagles stay undefeated all year. So not the same necessarily like counting and rate stats that Patrick Mahomes would have. But only the third undefeated season in NFL history, regular season. Only. How close are their stats? Truthfully, like, is it within the same ballpark? I mean, let's just assume that they have the same, you know, you extrapolate out the same stats that they have right now. So if we just call it halfway through the year, it's a little bit less than halfway for, for both of them because it's they've only both each played eight games. Um, and there's that, you know, odd number of games now, but whatever. So that means that essentially Patrick Mahomes will end the year with 5,200 yards and 42 touchdowns. And Jalen Hurts would end the year with uh, 4,080 mm-hmm. yards and 24 touchdowns. Two inter- uh, I guess four interceptions. Mahomes would have uh, mm-hmm. 12 interceptions. The difference being, though, the Eagles having that undefeated regular season versus like lane two. 13 and four. So, yeah. Something where it's like uh, obviously phenomenal, but does happen, you know, you know, if, if Mahomes has a really, really good season, doesn't quite break the passing yardage or touchdown record. And the Eagles go undefeated with Jalen hurts having also extremely good numbers. I think they would give it to Jalen hurts. 
I don't want to have to be pressed to answer about what I would do specifically because that's tough. But undefeated season is an undefeated season. I think that would be huge. Especially in a sport that is probably the easiest to point to for the QB uh, equating to wins. Like right. Direct. For, for the, the, yeah, the team contribution angle. Like it is of all the sports, like you can hit a home run without any assistance. That's how home runs work. You can score an unassisted goal. You can score an unassisted fucking three-pointer. You can get your own rebound, go down the court, and fucking slam and jam that shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't throw a touchdown and also catch it, unless you're Brett Favre like that one time. That wasn't a touchdown, but still. I really wanted to lay in a, a fuck Brett Favre there, but uh, I just I faltered. Fuck Brett Favre. Fucking ass. Go to jail. I hope you are in jail, bitch. The like jail he, shouldn't be real, except for the one Brett Favre goes to. He he has to go to jail, right? Like that's not that's something true. that's up for debate anymore. No, the man committed crimes. But like, I'm I'm not saying like should go to jail, but like will go to jail. Right? There's so much evidence, and he's not important enough politically for him to get away with it. Okay, okay, I'm with you. Anyway, um, like football, I I think. It's so much easier to create narratives because of that aspect of the game. You know, like that's so e- so much easier to say, well, Jalen Hurts doesn't have the passing yards that Patrick Mahomes does because that's not how the team on the field was created. And you can just and you can be right too. Like some teams genuinely do use their rushing game very effectively mm-hmm. or rely on a lot of three, four yard pass completions to to dink and dunk their way down the field instead of relying on bombs you know that's like brady versus rogers forever right and that's again not something you can say in other sports no one no one is sitting around saying like i just hope he hits a single and not a home run because they are mutually exclusive options you would take a single over and out right but if you have the option of what to do those uh, hitting a home run or a single are mutually exclusive whereas you know you can say I want a running play, and mean it. Like that will that is progress in in a in a in a way that is not at uh, the detriment to your team. The way that getting a single is detrimental to in comparison to a home run. So it is. Um, it's gonna be. I think you're right. I think if Mahomes has another great season, which is of course like the Mike Trout syndrome of all my seasons are so good. I have to like literally break a fucking record <laughs> to an MVP again. Uh, but I think him short of like breaking a record, if the Eagles were to stay undefeated, which is a gigantic if, I think you give it to Jalen Hurts. I think. I think I'd have a tough time voting. Yeah, it's a really tough question. That's what we do here on the show. We ask the hard questions. Anyway, uh, Dak Prescott next... has the same odds as Tom Brady and Tyreek Hill. What are their odds of marrying Giselle Bunchen? Oh, oh, damn. damn, Giselle! I will fuck you and not raise your kids because <laughs> apparently that's all Tom's been doing for years. Um, who would be the odds on favorite for that, and why is it Antonio Brown? Um, 
I I would the odds on favorite to to become Giselle's like new husband, like for real in the NFL, not just like hit it and quit it. No, I don't think you would be um oh if he was still in the league, Adam Vinatieri. If he was still playing football, it would have to be Adam Vinatieri. Hell yes. He is just like the slightly sexier old guy of like football Tom Brady. Like he's just a little bit hotter. He's just a little bit like more rational of a human being. He is still an all-time great, like first ballot Hall of Famer, Adam Vinatieri. Who would be the funniest answer? Probably like a fullback. <laughs> what about Roger Goodell? Kyle Juszczyk. What Goodell? would what would happen to Twitter if Roger Goodell married Giselle? If I'm Roger Goodell, I'm inviting like, Tom Brady to the like wedding. Like in like I'm six like, months. She's about to deflate my fucking balls, bitch. Hey. Um, if, if I'm Roger Goodell, I hope, instead of, I hope hold on, Roger hold on, Goodell. Hold on, hold on. If I'm Roger Goodell, at the at the end of the wedding ceremony, instead of breaking a glass like in Jewish tradition, he breaks a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> he puts a cell phone delicately on the ground, drapes it with a sheet, and then stomps on it, and everyone cheers. I would love to see him walk out there for the draft next season with just Giselle on his arm, or she's the one to announce the Patriots' first round pick, or the Bucks' first round pick. I don't know. Ugh. All of the the first round picks. Picture with I her. hate I hate Roger Goodell, but man, that would be funny. Oh man, what feels like Bill Belichick, like wild. No, Bill Belichick feels too much like a like a like a family man. You feel like he they, they the start right dating and then like no three weeks later, Bill breaks up with her. We get that on TMZ. Be something. Todd Bowles. <laughs> in time, I ruined your last year in Tampa, and but now I'm fucking your wife. Imagine if uh, Antonio Brown was actually having an affair with Giselle, and it's him. The thing is, I couldn't picture it being him because Giselle clearly wants someone who is going to stop being a lunatic, and the answer to that question is not Antonio Brown. Yeah, there's no way that, like, well, no, choosing you know, between the, Tom... Like, if you have Tom Brady as your husband, there's no way you're just like, let me see what Antonio Brown has to offer. There's so, so much risk there. The real, I think, ultimate answer that I, I can't believe we didn't pick yet is Eli Manning. <laughs> Oh my god. Because then he could be like, hey, Tom, I took three rings from you. Uh, if it was Peyton Manning, would we open up the argument of goat? Because that's pretty goat material, if so. Uh, I I think the question more so becomes if Eli does it, does he make the Hall of Fame? <laughs> How yes. does it add to his Hall of Fame case? Yes. Is Eli elite? Yes. Anyway, all right, let, let's uh keep moving. Coach of the year. Oh, I joked about Todd Bowles ruining Tom Brady's last year in Tampa, and my favorite coach of the year was inevitably Todd Bowles. I forgot about that. It's not going well in Tampa, and it's really tough to point at anybody other than Todd Bowles because it's the same team as last year. It's basically just a control C, control V of the roster from last season, and I mean, they're on top of their division. Woo! They're four and five. <laughs> Aww. Um, Sad it's, face. 
Yeah, so like right now they're in a playoff spot, but like in the worst way. And then it's clearly not Tom's fault, um, which is unfortunate because he's got a 65 completion percent, which is fine. 2,500 yards, which is ridiculous. I mean, he's going to have 5,000 yards by the end of the season if he keeps it up. 10 touchdowns and one interception, which is also just nuts. A quarterback rating of 90.5. I mean, he's killing it this year. It's just the everything else that isn't working. Mm-hmm. Their lead rusher, Leonard Fournette, is averaging 3.3 yards per attempt. <sighs> which means that that Leonard Fournette can get his average yardage on three straight downs and you still don't get a first down. I saw he got uh, benched for a rookie running back. Tom Brady has the third the highest rushing yards on the team. And then had to get... Oh, by the way, he has, um, I'm oh, sorry, three, third highest rushing attempts on the team. He has 12. Okay, Todd Bowles, come on down. What team are you coaching for next year? Um, Pick a college team that needs a defensive coordinator. Good state, Mike. All right, let's move on. Uh, I had Dan Campbell, who did not win many games this year so far, so I don't think it's going to be him. Yeah, my dumbass just punched Dan Campbell's name into the uh, search and pro football reference like he was a player. I mean, his name would come up as a coach, but it just was not what I needed to do. Yeah, it's not it's not going so hot in uh, in Detroit at all. Um, yeah. Jared Goff's having an okay season. Kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, it's kind of the same guy he was where uh, he he can offer something, but boy, that something is not much. Very, very low ceiling kind of situation. Just to paint a picture on one of the things that we said about Tampa, the highest uh, guy with the most rushing yards on the Lions, a team that is also bad, is uh, Jamal Williams, and he has... Um, 4.3 yards per attempt, a full yard per attempt more than the highest rushing guy on the Bucks. And like, there's several dudes on this list with granted with, with varying degrees of rushing attempts uh, with more yards per attempt than 3.3. Whereas Leonard Fournette's 3.3, I think was like the highest on the team. On a on a, per, on a rate basis, and like, I'm gonna double check myself now that I said that. Oh wow, it's just so of the running backs. Yes, his is the highest. Julio Jones and his three attempts has five point seven, and Scott Miller, a wide receiver, and his one attempt has eight. So yes, <laughs> Leonard Fournette leads the team in the rate of yards per attempt, which again is bananas. Oh man, they're just so fucked. Ah, uh, that's little things. Comeback player of the year. Uh, this is our final award before we get into our actual bull predictions. For this one, I picked Saquon Barkley, who is having a perfectly good season. He has 779 yeah. yards to start off his year. Uh, he has scored, fuck, I lost it, uh, five touchdowns. 
on the ground. He also has um, 189 receiving yards, no receiving touchdowns, but that is a-okay with me because Saquon is healthy and thriving. Um, Corwin, who did you have? I had Jameis Winston, who currently has been benched in favor of Andy Dalton. Third most rushing guards. Sorry, I was looking it up. Um, Saquon Barkley, third most rushing guards. Um, so I'm not uh, I'm not a huge fan of how that's going. Who you who was it? James Winston? Yeah, benched for Andy yeah. Dalton. So the red rocket comes for us all eventually. Hmm. Hmm. Was he the red rocket? Or am I think somebody red, else. Was uh, red rifle. Red rifle. Red rocket. Red rocket is uh, <laughs> your dog's dick. Oh uh, well, same thing, I guess. Honestly, yeah. Andy Dalton is the most dog dick shaped man alive. Going to ignore what you said and moving on in my head. All right. Well, that brings us then into the actual bold predictions portion of things. Um, Corin and I do our best on the. Oh, sorry. Wait. Hold on. Super Bowl. We almost forgot. Um, I had for the Super Bowl Baltimore over uh, New York Giants which both teams are set to make the playoffs today, which I think is all that can be said about that. Who did you have? I had the bills defeating the bucks. So half of that seems pretty good. Yeah. Unfortunately, the bucks while in a playoff spot, as we just said, not looking fantastic. So the likelihood of a deep playoff run is suspect. Uh, I also had for the worst record, Detroit, which is still in play as they have the second worst record in the NFL. Did you have a, did you put down a worst team? Yeah, I put uh, Seattle, who has won many games. You could have thrown a dart at a list of teams and come up with a better pick than that. My... Team the rationale to, was there. My too. my my team to get the first pick currently has two more wins than the team I have going to the Super Bowl. So sorry, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bold prediction time. Time to get weird. I don't remember what these are. I never do. I forget them the second we close this page. You said you would go first. What is your first bold prediction? My first bold prediction is that less than or only three teams will repeat as division leaders from 2021. I, I got to correct this, the first time and I feels, corrected myself to something else. It feels like an improv, like the shittiest improv sketch. Like you're making one up on the fly. And I'm just like, this is written down in front of you. <laughs> I, was, I was on the page with the information I needed to discuss and then forgot the question i was staring at it and uh forgot the question it's not a question you are the best person i know (laughs) thank you thank you the worst person to host a podcast with i sorry (laughs) (laughs) okay say it one more time because i got distracted in your horrible delivery less (laughs) sorry less Then half of teams who won the division in 2021 repeat. Specifically, the Chiefs, the Bucks, and the Bills. In 2021, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Titans led the division. 
in the AFC. So far in 2022, the Bills, the Chief, the Titans, and the Ravens lead their division. So already three out of four are repeat winners, which is not great for my prediction. Only the Ravens took over and have a one game lead over the Bengals in the thank NFC. God for the Ravens, right? Thank God. Yeah. Thank God for those Ravens. I like how halfway through that, I forgot that I don't like the Ravens. And I was about to agree with you. Gotcha. Uh, thank you. In the NFC, the Cowboys, the Rams, the Packers, and the Buccaneers led their division. Now, the Eagles, undefeated, have a two-game advantage over the Cowboys. The Seahawks have a three-game advantage over the Rams. The Vikings have a four-game advantage over the Packers. And somehow, the Buccaneers are tied with the Falcons at four and five. With the Saints at three and six, so the Panthers and the Panthers at two and seven. So anyone here has a chance to win this, which is fucking hilarious. Um, so you're so you're even then. You're 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 four and four. Um, I'm even. Yes, I'm honestly in good spot in a good spot on this prediction, which seems ridiculous. Fair enough. Um. All right. My first bold prediction was one to strictly cause me pain, which is that Tom Brady does not retire. Um, which I said, you know, because ev- if you listen to this show every fucking year, every fucking year, I pick the bold prediction that Tom Brady will eventually retire and have a bad season. And every year it's not true. And honestly, as more time goes on, the better I feel about this one. Like, he's already getting divorced, which we did not know when this came about. It was just that he unretired. That was all that we, we knew when this bull prediction got picked, I think. Um, Since then, like, he is... He's been served divorce papers. Like, his marriage is over. His kids probably hate him. His friends probably don't like him. He Like, he's definitely getting picked on at school. Or, I mean, at work. I mean, at, uh, in, at the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but he's also having a really good year, like we just said. Like he is uh top three in passing yards. I think he's actually number two, but I just want to give myself some grace there. Uh hold on one second. Passing yards. Yeah, number two in the league in passing yards. Um, he's got his one interception on the season. He's not the reason that the Bucks are not doing well, even though the Bucks are not doing well. And I actually at this point really wouldn't be surprised if he played another season. Uh, I think. Like, what does uh, he have to go home to? Nothing. The crushing loneliness of a divorced man. I, I would fucking love to see him go out another year and just get even worse. Tom Brady takes over as the quarterback of the Packers. How does everyone feel? Amazing! Oh my god! Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you yes! imagine? Him taking over the Bucks was kind of funny because it was such an inoffensive team in the first place. It, the Bucks are such like a nothing team, unless you're a Raiders fan. That's like no reason to hate the Bucks. But for him to take over the Packers, an already very divisive team, that'd be pretty fucking funny. Especially because, like, imagine he did it well and really made Rodgers look like an asshole. Like no significant roster improvement. I mean. 
Aaron Rodgers is really good at making himself look like an asshole. I know. So I don't really care. But just to like twist the knife a little bit, you know? Just Uh, like, no, the roster was acceptable. You just weren't good enough, you dumb, ugly bitch. Anyway, give me your next bullet prediction. Uh, I actually am going to skip one because I realized I could make a spreadsheet to help. So I'm going to move on to number three. Ten teams fail to reach six wins, which hasn't happened in the past decade. Um, and looking through the standings quickly, there are only five teams who have do- not done so. The Raiders are two and six. The Steelers are two. And six. That makes me sad. The Texans are one and six. The Lions are two and six, and the Panthers are two and seven. So I uh I am not in great shape. I'm pretty sure I can check that one off already as a loss. So thanks. Mm. Thanks. That. Thanks for that, guys. My next bullet prediction is that Davis Mills performs better than Deshaun Watson. Uh Deshaun Watson uh, has played zero games so far this season. He was, is still serving his suspension. Davis Mills through eight games is one six and one for his record. A completion percent of sixty two point eight. He has a yardage total of sixteen hundred fifty six, passing ten touchdowns, eight interceptions. Quarterback rating of eighty one point two. So really, quite the mixed bag. Generally, not quite good. Um, at least on the interceptions front, is is really rough. He is on pace to have the same number of interceptions this year as he had touchdowns last year, 16. Um, obviously, his touchdowns improving in numbers is nice. He'll probably you know, break 3,000 yards this year, which would be more than he had last year. All those are good things. Um, the real question, the, the, the true unknown, is what does Deshaun Watson come out and do? Because for all we know, this is good enough. I mean, obviously, if the season ended today, this one is right because Deshaun Watson has played zero games, but we shall see. Hit me with the next one. Um, well, how did I already fuck something up? Ooh, sorry, my next one's so good. Oh, that's why, because I'm actually stupid. Uh, K over. Uh, it's F. funny how I really, I never remember what these are. <laughs> Oh, it feels yeah, as though I'm absolutely. reading these anew. Like I'm, I just surprised myself about how good this prediction is. Actually, all three of these first three predictions for me are like pretty fucking nice. And I got to say, I remember always thinking to try to make pick bold predictions. I always give you shit for not going bold enough. So to have three feeling pretty good, this must be a good year in the NFL, right? Anyway, uh, my number three, the NFL sets a record. For number of players to reach a thousand yards during the season, uh, the highest in the last ten years was twenty nine. Currently, thirty one players are on pace to break a thousand receiving yards based off of their current totals. Uh, the chances of all thirty one of them staying on pace is essentially zero. Um, so. Cross our fingers. And a lot of these guys are now hurt, so they're definitely not going to stick to this pace. Sorry, I'm sorry. I was pulling something up. You said you're on pace? On pace, but not 
injuries are going to take a hit out of this. Gotcha. Fair enough. Uh, so my next bold prediction, which was bold at the time, was that the Indianapolis Colts finish worse this year with Matt Ryan and as a result of him than they did last year with Carson Wentz. Matt Man. Ryan has been benched. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. Forgot. Yeah. Forgot Sam Ellinger is now. Yeah, yeah this one is basically true mid-season, which again, that's kind of nuts because this team rolled with, I mean, the husk of Carson Wentz for a full season, which is just incredible. Just to paint a picture, Matt Ryan through seven games as the starter of this team has thrown more interceptions. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking like George Bush. I always do this with the thumbs. Has thrown more interceptions than Carson Wentz did all of last year. But will Ryan, he stop the war on terror? We got to get nuclear. Um, fool me once. Shame on me. Shame on me. Anyway, um, Matt won't Ryan be twice. won't get fooled again. Won't get fooled again. Uh, yeah, Matt Ryan has thrown nine touchdowns and nine interceptions this year. Ooh. Um, last year, uh, Carson Wentz, twenty-seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, thirty-five hundred oh. yards, a quarterback rating of ninety-four point six. Matt Ryan's current quarterback rating eighty-four point seven. He's got two thousand yards. Uh, so like the yardage side of things, his completion percent's pretty high, sixty-eight point four. But it, the 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 interceptions have been brutal, and uh, he is no longer the start of the team. That might change, but as of right now, with the the Colts at three, five, and one. Granted, they are in second in their division because their division is hilarious and garbage. Um, they have a chance, I guess. They're not out of the running of taking over the division and can secure themselves a playoff spot in that way. But um, not looking good. That's that's for darn sure. Darn darn toot and sure. Um, last year they finished nine and eight though, and so they're only three losses away from basically being there again. So odds on this one, pretty fucking good. This is a, this is a solid one. Anyway, see your next one. Josh Allen. Beats Peyton Manning's single season touchdown record, and the Bills set the all time scoring record. So, despite the fact that Josh Allen may have torn his UCL, he has thrown for 2,403 yards and 19 touchdowns, neither of which would be on pace to break any sort of passing record. And the 2022 Bills, who would need to score, hold on, I have it here, 36 points per game to beat the single season scoring record, are currently averaging 27 and a half. So the Bills are not quite up to snuff on what we saw week one against the Rams, which heavily influenced this prediction. You're welcome. That's New York football. Uh, I wish I actually still had it up so I could. Uh, let me look. So let's. They have two. How we total. do it in East Rutherford? 
They scored 17 against the Jets, so 220. Playoff games 17. in a swamp. I ended up with five, so I don't know what I had in the calculator. Um, He's a man with a degree seven. in finance. <laughs> Definitely they, they trying would... to do <laughs> multiplication. <laughs> Listen, I'm not on trial here, okay? I do my job. I get paid for it. What what we don't what need, do we uh, don't Corwin need to be bringing into qualifications in here? <laughs> Both taking the fifth. Okay. Okay, I just googled Mark Furman. Uh, so yes, thanks. Hero cop, Mark Furman. <laughs> uh, you don't know the sickest references of the eighty or nineties? Yeah. I do not. I do not. Yeah. Anyway, um, my next one is not is not a winner. Um, is that the Dolphins win the AFC East? Now the Dolphins, by no means, are like for sure not going to. There's actually a pretty. I I thought they had more losses than they did when I just said that. Um, they're six and three, which is the same record as the New York Jets, who are second place in their division. Uh, Miami currently third in the division, but both the Jets and Miami are only a half a game back of Buffalo, and. That truly is, I mean, that's the definition of up in the fucking air. Yeah. I mean, really, it's anyone's game. Obviously, we'd, I think we'd all say Buffalo has the odds on, you know, here to to hold on and do it. They are probably the best team in the division on paper. But a, a couple of weird losses, like what we saw last week losing to the Jets, is all it takes to derail when the competition's this tight. So... We'll see how you know the Bills do on Sunday against the Vikings. Uh, if, if they lose that game, I think the Jets are in first place in the division, which is also hilarious. Um, but who fuck knows? So actually, this one's not not a winner. It is tentative. Next up for me, Saquon Barkley leads the NFL in scrimmage yards, and the Giants have a losing record. So really close on one of them, Saquon Barkley, 968 yards from scrimmage. Derrick Henry has 1,010. Tyreek Hill has 1,129. So within striking distance, if Tyreek Hill doesn't happen to break the all-time receiving record, no big deal. Uh, The New York football giants, though, I hate to say it, uh, they're having quite the good season. Uh, They are currently... Six and two. Six and two. Damn. And have a very easy schedule moving forward. Yeah. Texans, Lions, Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, Colts, Eagles. So they do play the Eagles twice. They do play the Vikings. They do play the Cowboys, but a lot of winnable games in there. Will be Mm. tough for them to finish. Two and seven. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I've, I've seen a lot of bad Giants teams, a lot of bad Giants seasons, but I've, I don't think I've seen it collapse quite that bad yet. Yet. Uh, my next bold prediction is also looking pretty fucking good, which is that Baker Mayfield gets benched for Sam Darnold. Um, this hasn't happened. Because Sam Darnold has not been active, he's been hurt. He's, I think, just been activated this week, though. So there's a chance that this happens. However, 
Baker Mayfield has already been benched for the backup quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, which is really the spirit of this one. And that man is PJ Walker. Um, so I will take half credit for it so far with the chance of this being the case. Um, basically what has gone down in the quarterback situation of, of Carolina thus far is Baker Mayfield started the first five games of the season and just, I mean, boy, how he sucked it up. And then PJ Walker has started the um, game since then. So uh, actually I think, hold on, I'm going to pull this up uh, one more time. So Baker Mayfield was the starter uh, week. Yeah. Weeks one through five. Okay. Yeah. And then he play, he came into the game in week nine. Uh, PJ Walker has been the starter weeks six through nine. So that's been the story so far. Again, Sam Darnold has just been activated, which if he takes over, even for PJ Walker, for and for my money, that's that is still Baker Mayfield by extension being benched for Sam Darnold. Which, again, these were all bold predictions when they got said. These were all nuts things. This was Baker yes. Mayfield at the top of his talking yes. shit. Everyone's saying he got fucked over in Cleveland. This is a peak. Sam Darnold is ruining. The Carolina Panthers and set to lose Matt Rule his job, which he ultimately kind of did, even though he didn't play this year. Um, like these were bold when they happened. At the beginning of the season, everyone is filled with hope. And then by week nine, reality always comes back to haunt you. Um all right, hit me with the next one. Uh, next one for me is Micah Parsons reaches 20 sacks in his sophomore season through eight games for Dallas. He has eight sacks. So he's averaging one sack a game, which would not break 20. But every single sack he has comes from four games, each of which had two sacks. So he's getting two sacks or he's not getting any uh, good for him. If he follows with basically every other game getting two sacks because of the fact that there is now an odd number of games in a season and that he started the season with two sacks, he would still fall one short. So not on pace, but he's definitely within striking distance. Sorry, what player was this again? Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, right. Your defensive player of the year pick, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. My next bull prediction is really not looking good. Uh, this is where my streak of picks that look really good comes to an end. Um, oh, sorry. No, this one, I was doing math for a different uh, bull prediction. This one has verifiably not happened. Uh, the, the Raiders trade Derek Carr, Oof. which the trade deadline has passed. This did not happen. So I, I have marked this down officially as being a, a no did not occur. Uh, again, I, I I think it would have made sense to do. The Raiders at two and six aren't going anywhere. There's QB needy teams out there. I I mean, it could have been an interesting move to to move on from him, or, or not even to move on from him from the Raiders' perspective, but but to to get some additional help or better backup options for I can't believe I'm saying it, Green Bay, for I mean fucking honestly for the Steelers. Uh, for the the Titans or not the Titans the uh, the the Colts, uh, I mean there there would have been some neat places he could have 
gone. Um, but he has stayed with the team. That's it. That one's a low. I, I never thought I would say this, but I think I may have wanted, in hindsight, Baker over Mitch Trubisky. Because at least it would have been entertaining. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Give me your next next, one. next up for me, Jameis Winston finishes the season with greater than or equal to 35 touchdowns oh. and less than 17 interceptions en route to a double-digit win season. As previously stated, after starting the season with four touchdowns and five picks through three games, Jameis Winston was briefly hurt and has since been benched for Andy Dalton. So I'm not going to mark this off as a already incorrect answer like Josh had to do. But boy, it's about as good as dead in the water. Finishing this, yeah. finishing the last nine games of the season with 31 touchdowns and no more than 12 interceptions from Jameis Winston. Well, actually, did he win any of those first three games? Uh, he won one of them. So he would have to finish the season winning every single game uh, to make this happen. And I don't think it will. I don't think I will. Actually, you know what? Uh, they haven't had their bye yet. Actually, no, they did. did. We get two buys now. Not just the one. Just the one. Okay, so never mind. He cannot do this. They have not had their buy. They have played nine games. So sad. Just terrible. 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 Uh, my next one is also very likely to come true. I'm just on a roll here, man. This is great. Uh, any Jets player gets major award consideration. The Jets came off a uh, top three pick in the NFL draft this year, this past year. I mean, not a good team. Really, really not a good team. Um, Projected to be worse in their division, one of the worst teams in the AFC, uh, one of the worst teams in the NFL. The Jets are in second place in their division. And again, if Buffalo loses, I am fairly certain that the Jets are the number one team in the AFC East. And to that effect, the Jets have had a number of contributors that we have actually already mentioned on the show as being potential award winners, or at least in the conversation, which is all this award was. Garrett Wilson might be getting Offensive Rookie of the Year looks. I mean, for all we know, Brees Hall might still end up at least being in the conversation of it, although it's very doubtful since it, due to the timing of his injury so early in the year. And then Sauce Gardner, Defensive Player of the Year, seems like a real possibility. If for not like so. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's just some crazy shit, man. I mean, I mean, this one's looking real fucking solid. I am, uh, I'm a happy camper. And frankly, Josh, for the first time in your just career, you should be. I've had a good moment. It's just with with teams that are significantly less interesting <laughs> than this. I'm looking at you, the Mark Sanchez era. <laughs> but fumble. <laughs> but back to back AOC championship games. Not that we won either fucking one of them, but we did go twice, and that was really good time to be a Jets fan. That means something. Next up for me, Kenny Pickett wins at least three games against AFC North opponents. Hear me out. Did not expect him to be starting at this point in the season yet. This is fine. I thought he was going to start his career this week against the Saints. They have four games left after this bye, and TJ Watt is coming back. 
So there's hope. You're Not saying, saying it's there's likely, a chance. But there's a chance. It can happen. Mm. It can. Yourself it can happen. I will. Uh, my next one is oh, looking less and less likely by the day. John Gruden gets a job. Um, this is predicated on the notion that the NFL coaching establishment is a boys club, and it seems like dudes just never die. Um, and like that's still true. Like this not coming true will not change that. But one would have thought that if there needed to be a coaching hire, um, anywhere in the league, that John fucking Gruden, I guess, if he wanted to, uh, continue coaching would get a look. Hey, this might still happen. You know, the timing of when we do the final season wrap up is, you know, post Super Bowl, post award season. So there's there's still time for this to occur before we officially conclude this. Uh, I don't know summation, but it, uh, I haven't even heard a rumor. So no, mm-hmm. not looking good. Next one for me, Justin Tucker attempts a 70-yard field goal. And I gave myself 10-to-1 odds that he makes it, 2-to-1 odds that it hits a crossbar. Um, he has not attempted a 70-yard field goal yet. But listen, this could happen any damn week. I'm ready it's for true. It. So it just gives 50-plus. It doesn't give long. Actually, 58 is his season long so far. Doesn't show long attempted, but he has missed two from at least 50 yards so far this season. So, hey, it's possible. I mean, it, it's possible all the way up until week 18, but uh, just remarkably. It, it, I feel like it'd be more likely on a team that was worse. Yeah, agreed. But uh, my next one is also resoundingly unlikely. Um, <laughs> again, this was a bold prediction. I will remind everyone that I do try to go bold with these. No passer breaks 5,000 yards this season. Which is the added difficulty of the fact that this is a 17-game season, which is, you know, the second time it's been the case, but still relatively new. And uh, hitting 5,000 yards is hard. Yeah, there's four guys on pace to do it right now. And one of them is like a 60-year-old man. So, uh, just one of the four dudes who are on pace, Mahomes, Brady, Burrow, and Allen, just one of those guys has to do it for my prediction to be wrong. Um, they got four chances. Doesn't look good for me. But hey, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe all four guys end up winning the division with like two weeks left to go, sit out the last week, and just run the ball a bunch of the, the, the weeks preceding. Who the fuck knows? There's hope. Not a lot. <laughs> smidgen but it's yeah just Small smidgen. especially if like a guy like Mahomes is going for a record if he's he's, he's on the cusp of breaking a record he will not lay up so, yeah no he's gonna throw 60 times week 17 week 18 I don't forget that's the last oh week god you're right week you're 18. right uh all right hit me with your last one Kyler Murray has a clear downturn in production after the October 28th release of Modern Warfare uh, I mean, the immediate game after that release, he went 
31 of 44, 71% completion percentage, 326 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. It's a pretty decent game. But followed it up with a 25 for 35, 175 yards, two TDs, no picks game. I don't, I actually think he's gotten better since uh, that point. Uh, based the off game of release the rest. has strengthened him. Yeah, it, it's focused him. He knows he needs to get his homework done before he can play. So he's actually paying attention when studying film. So maybe it's worked for him. Who knows? Oh, who's to say? All right. My uh, my last one is like absolutely not going to happen. <laughs> this was my oh, yes. boldest prediction of them all. Do you have any recollection of what it was? No, Corwin is just staring at me. What? Do you have any recollection of this prediction? No, none, yeah. none whatsoever. My this prediction is that no pass rusher breaks fifteen sacks. Ooh. <laughs> Matthew Judon, halfway through the year, has eleven and a half. Ooh. He is on pace for twenty twenty three sacks. I mean. Like so many people are on pace to break this this arbitrary amount. Um, yeah, this one's not surviving. Is it is not surviving at all. Um, yeah, yeah. But hey, it was bold. It's all accounts. Corn, you got anything else? Uh, Steelers. Let's get our shit together, please. I, for one, am excited for the first Steelers losing record of your entire fucking lifetime. It's time you built some character, Corwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing else here. You know, there's obviously discussion about how teams are actually performing, but we will save that for when we have time. There's no time now. Um, next week, um, I think next Tuesday is MLB Awards, which means that next Thursday's episode, we should be able to talk about our the conclusion of our MLB Bowl predictions from this past season since the, we'll have the awards winners. Um, so that episode will probably be next week for that season's finality. And then, you know, from there, we'll start looking at MLB offseason stuff and talk about regular season NFL with a little bit more frequency because, of course, there's less to talk about baseball-wise when there's no ball being played. So... Yeah. All right. Well, uh, in that case, uh, if you'd like to follow the show, you could do so on Twitter at Choosing Pod. Like to follow Corwin on Twitter, you could do so at Corwin Hell. I'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. If you would like to send emails to the show, you can do so at Choosing the Numbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, you all have a good one. Bye.